Welcome to Keep Calm and Homeschool On. My name is Rebecca Spooner. I'm a homeschool mom of five young children. I blog and speak over at homeschoolon.com, and I am the creator of gatheroundhomeschool.com. Today's episode is, is I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. I'm going to decide that after, but seeking answers, maybe wrestling, I don't know. Right now, I am wrestling with my response to what is going on in the world around us and a Christian response to what is going on in the world around us. And so today, we're going to be talking about that and um, just kind of working through. If anyone hasn't listened to my podcast episodes before, I never claim to have all the answers. I'm not coming from a position of any authority other than what I'm just speaking what God's laid on my heart. That's it. And sometimes even not what God has laid on my heart. Sometimes I'm just speaking what I'm struggling with or what I'm wrestling with. And um, some of you are going to be able to relate with that and some of you aren't. So today, join me as I talk primarily to myself, trying to encourage myself and talk myself off of maybe some of the cliffs that I'm standing on. Um, And I think it's going to be a good one. So settle in, grab yourself some coffee, and let's get started. One of these days, I'm going to record myself recording a podcast so you guys can see just how ridiculous I look. I'm currently down in my warehouse. I, I have my cameras going so I can see that my printer is going and I'm on printer duty. At the same time, I have all the doors closed, trying to keep it as quiet as possible, and my arms just flail. I speak with my hands specifically when I podcast, not even as much when I'm speaking as I do when I'm podcasting. So it's it's quite the scene. Um, okay, so today we have a lot of stuff to cover. We are going to be talking about specifically what is going on right now, which again, that may vary. It's going to be different depending on where you live, depending on um, your your local government, and there's just lots of variables right now. So it may not be the same situation that we're in, but I'm going to share a little bit of the situation we are in as a province here in Canada and just what I'm wrestling with as far as as my response to that. So I live in Northern BC, Canada. So in BC, BC would be, it's a province. It would be similar to a state in the United States, just helping you guys out if you don't know anything about Canada. And so in our province, we have health authorities that are divided by districts. So we are in the Northern health region and there is the interior health region. There's different health regions um, that are in our province. And then we have a health authority that is for the entire province that speaks and helps to establish rules and guidelines specifically around this COVID-19 pandemic. So it's been interesting to watch. Um, I just watched a video the other day that, that really, really got me thinking. I've already been struggling. They just came down with new restrictions. So there has been restrictions in the past, of course, in March. And when everything else closed down, we closed down as well. And then things kind of loosened up in the summertime. People went back to work. People went back to gathering. Church went back, just doing smaller gatherings um, and multiple different ones that they were doing to try to meet the meet the guidelines and still be able to meet and gather. And, and now recently, of course, with the second wave, which everybody knew would be coming, things have come down. And I feel like the hammer has come down even stronger than before. The problem is I feel like in the beginning, and, and this was kind of related to the video I watched, Um, In the beginning, it kind of made sense. We didn't really know what this was going to look like. There was a lot of fear. There was a lot of, um, of unexpected. It was untested. We didn't have enough data to truly be able to plot out to just what the fallout of this pandemic was going to be. As we have seen more and more results, as we've seen more and more cases come in and 
and you know the the percentage of death from these cases i want to be clear saying that i do believe covid-19 is real and trying to navigate right now as a christian between having a a what's the word a sympathetic and gentle response but also seeing truth and being able to navigate what is truth because I feel like we can't even trust our media right now. And at the same time, you know, being careful that we're not going down the route of, of conspiracy theory, not saying that some of those things aren't true, but we need to take everything with a grain of salt. We need to test everything with the word of God and we need to be seeking him to be the answer for these things rather than going to what the media or our friends or what new picture or thing is trending on social media. And so there's just a lot of danger. I feel like there's a lot of landmines right now, landmines of of people and groups that are getting really angry, landmines of people and groups that are are kind of going off on a tangent of, you know, this is going to happen and this is going to happen and 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 there's just a lot of different opinions and ideas and thoughts and and it's hard as a Christian to navigate how can we respond to this in a way that honors God, in a way that is is true to what the word of God says. And yet is, is seeking truth. And I think that in some of those things we have failed. I think for some of us in an effort, in an effort to not, um, go against and to be peaceable, we have chosen that peaceable means silent. And I've been, I've been really looking at the, the early church. I've been reading in Acts and and looking at, you know, I mean, they faced all sorts of persecution back in their day. And there were times that they were, they were hiding and that they were gathering and that they were, you know, doing things outside of other people knowing. And there were times that they spoke. And I, I don't think they ever shied away from speaking truth. Now, it doesn't mean that they necessarily went and got sticks and started like going up and, and, and you know, nailing on the wall of, of the, the Roman government and demanding things. No, they didn't do that, but they didn't stay silent either. And I think specifically in Canada, I think that there's a lot more Canadians who are silent as opposed to maybe somewhere like the United States where there's more of a fight for your freedom. Now, being clear that for everybody, the main reason people are staying silent is because they're scared. Just like politically, you know, you might be afraid to say your political opinion in today's climate, because if you do, you could be crucified. The same is true for your response to what your opinion is on this pandemic. So let's lay down the ground by saying, I do believe that this is legitimate thing. I do believe COVID-19 exists. I do believe that people who are higher risk have died from this. I do believe that. I also have had personal personal, very, very close, not friend of friend of friend of friend of friend, not on social media, um, very real people who have been asked if they would like to put COVID on death certificates when, you know, they, they didn't die of that. They died of cancer or something else. So I also do not believe the numbers. Doesn't mean that I don't believe it's real. Doesn't mean I don't believe it doesn't exist. Doesn't mean I believe it's all a conspiracy theory, but I do believe that things are being twisted and that we are being manipulated as a people. And so In that, when you don't know what to trust and you don't know what's true and everybody's telling you something different and and even the conspiracy theory stuff, you're like, I don't know, is that unbelievable anymore? I don't even know what to believe because when I find mistruth, when I find things, it just makes me not trust anything. And so here we are sitting as Christians and, and in BC, what's happened is they've just brought down, you know, some new protocols and the protocols are essentially you cannot meet with anyone outside of your immediate family. 
um, the number is six, which our family is seven. So that whole joke about guess we'll have to get rid about a, of a kid. I mean, obviously they, I'm, I'm sure they, they don't even put it in there, which is actually super offensive. <laughs> they don't even put in there, um, does not apply to immediate families that are larger than six. No, they don't even put it in there because they probably assume that they don't exist. Um, but anyways, the idea is, is that for us, because we are a larger family, we can see absolutely no one. No one is supposed to leave their houses other than to go grocery shopping or to go to work. Um, we are allowed to work as long as everybody is wearing masks or social distancing um, and, and keeping up with the protocols. But anyone who is able to stay home is supposed to, which is understandable in a workplace environment. They are asking that in any public place, in any gathering place, um, in restaurants, in stores, they are all now mandatory masks. So it's become mandatory masks in any public place. The, the irony of it is that you obviously cannot wear a mask while you eat and drink. So you're required to wear a mask when you walk into a restaurant until you get to the table, at which point you take off the mask, which it just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? It just doesn't even make sense. Like there, where's the logic in that? How can we say, and this is, this is where I start to get frustrated because if there was proof that, that all of this worked, all of these protocols worked, which I have not seen proof. And I think there's a responsibility for the government and for health authorities to show us why and the proof behind things. But regardless, even if we are supposed to be wearing masks, when things don't line up and it's not a rule overall, it's just like, well, it applies to here, but not to here. Well, you should do it here, but not in here. Here's another example. All churches, all religious gatherings, they don't list any other gathering whatsoever, just religious ones. Religious gatherings will cease and desist immediately. Under no circumstances will they happen. Under no amount of number is okay. Zero gatherings whatsoever. But the schools are open. I mean, we don't really care about the kids, right? I mean, kids that are going and snotting all over each other and, and not sneezing into their elbows and, and passing it around to every single family and then taking that home with them. We don't care about that. We just care about the religious assemblies. We don't care about work assemblies. We don't care about any other assemblies. All we care about is religious assemblies. So there is just such, it's like you see this dichotomy, you see hypocrisy, you see where this no longer even makes sense. It's not that it's wrong. It's not that we want to be um, insensitive to people that, that might be afraid of this or might be at risk for this. Of course, as Christians, we are called to care for one another, but you see this like dichotomy where, wait a minute, the facts aren't lining up with with truth um personal encounters of that people are having is not lining up with with what is being said on the media um there's there's lies there's mis mistruth there's untruths there's lies that are being touted right now and so where does that leave us in our response so where i'm kind of at in, the, in this video i watched which was so good um one of the things that she said was just like you know like there's a higher authority there is a higher authority that supersedes any other authority. And yes, we as Christians are called to follow the authorities of the land. However, we are called to follow the higher authority. The Acts Church, it was do not gather. They did not stop them from gathering. It did not stop them from meeting together. Now, they may have done it in secret, but they still gathered together because they had been called to and commanded to. There is something to be said for as Christians, first of all, the whole thing of it being against our rights and freedoms is one thing. But the second idea of it is that, that we, we have a higher authority that we are called to. And so how do we 
match this up, probably even within yourself, and you might totally disagree with me, um, but even within yourself, there's probably some wrestling happening right now. There's probably like, well, I know that I know somebody who died from this. I know that this is serious and I want to I wanna be sensitive to that. And I think that people are irresponsible who are, are not being sensitive to that. And, and there's all these legitimate you know, concerns that are on one end of the scale. On the other end of the scale is, okay, but yeah, it doesn't even make sense that like we're gathering for these scenarios, but not for these scenarios. You don't have to wear a mask for this, but you know, like it, all of a sudden you start to see where things aren't lining up and things aren't making sense. And it's like, so now what? So now what do we do and how do we move forward when nothing is basically legal anymore? I cannot see, even if I have a a sister with a very serious um, heart complication and, you know, she's at risk all the time. She's had like over 30 cardiac arrests at any moment we could have that call where we, you know, Hannah has passed. And even if something like that happened, we can't go to a funeral. There are no funerals. They are allowing a maximum of 10 people at funerals, including the officiant. Well, anyone in our family, by the time you add our kids, that pretty much leaves my parents and maybe one sibling can go with their children. That's it. There's nobody else that would be allowed to go to it. Not to mention, it's not allowed to travel right now. We're not allowed to go outside our zone. So really, we're just not allowed to go. We're not allowed to be a part of that. We're not allowed to to grieve together. We're not allowed to do any of that. What about the rising numbers of suicide? What about the mental health issues that are happening right now? What about the people you hear that are in retirement homes who are like, I don't care about the risks. I just, I know that my time is short. I want to see my grandkids. I'm so lonely. And they are just, they are just crying out. And not all of them are. Some of them are scared. Some of them don't want that. Some of them are are not prepared to make those decisions for themselves. And their families are stepping in and defending them. And they should. They are at risk. And we are responsible to be protecting our at-risk people. And as Christians, we are called to look after the elderly. We are called to look after the sick. We are called to look after the widow in her distress. We are called to look after the people who need us to speak for them. So that is a legitimate thing. And anyone who says otherwise, that is incorrect. But but there's this wrestling right now of, of, of just what is my response? And I guess, honestly, I'm not coming at you with an answer. I don't have an answer. I've been studying, like I said, the Acts Church. And one of the things that I've seen is that there were times that they spoke. They would go right into the middle of an assembly and Holy Spirit would come on them and they would speak and they would speak with power and they would speak with authority for such a time as that. And there were other times that they were silent. Even look at Jesus's life. Sometimes he was silent. He gave himself up. He followed the rules of the land. They came to arrest him. He did not fight it. He went along with it. And yet there were other times he slipped away when he knew they were going to arrest him. There were other times that that he spoke up and he pushed back. So how are we supposed to know based on the model of Jesus, based on the model of the early church, based on the model that we are told to follow when we are supposed to speak and when we are supposed to be silent and when we're supposed to follow and when we're supposed to say enough is enough. And I've said this before. It's probably one of the, the I don't know, power phrases of my life, but I don't believe that there is a formula. I don't believe that there is a one size fits all for these are the scenarios and situations you are supposed to speak in and these are the scenarios and situations you are supposed to stay silent in. And I think a lot of us are looking for that and hoping for that. And because there's no one who's giving us those things in a pretty little box, we just feel like, well, then I guess I I shouldn't speak at all. 
And yet that's not what we see modeled in the Bible. And so it is a difficult thing to navigate, but I have seen where, where basically, you know, God said, don't worry about what you will say. Don't worry about what you will say. My spirit's going to speak through you. And Holy Spirit spoke through them. So I'm assuming that Holy Spirit prompted them to open their mouth and to speak and to to speak out and to say what he wanted them to say. I think that we can trust. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. If you are a sheep, if you are a daughter or a son or a child of God, then you can hear God's voice. And when you feel the prompting, when you just know that deep sense of knowing that you are supposed to speak in this moment, then you're supposed to open your mouth and you're supposed to speak. Now, I'm not talking about getting sticks and going outside and being violent. I'm talking about speaking, speaking for our rights, standing up for what is right. And and knowing that, I don't even know when I know what is right. Honestly, I don't. It is a day-to-day, moment-by-moment, this feels unjust, this feels unrighteous, this feels this, or we're supposed to wait and being sensitive enough to Holy Spirit. If you struggle with that, if that is a a difficult thing for you, I think it's a difficult thing for anybody, even if somebody is, is very accustomed to hearing the voice of God. I think it is very difficult in this season with the amount of noise. We talked about that last week with the amount of noise that we face, the distraction that there is. It is difficult to slow down enough to be still and to know enough to hear the voice of God. So for any of us, when we're struggling with that, when we're wrestling, when we're just dissatisfied and we're not sure why, and we're just, what's my response, God? What am I supposed to do? You can't say that and then keep going on the hamster wheel. You have to stop. You have to be still a no. You have to spend time in the word. You have to spend time in prayer. You have to spend time when you are still so that you can hear the voice of God for this moment, for this day. And then you need to do it again tomorrow. We are, Jonathan is having so many more dreams and a lot of them are related to our business. And by the way, they're not good. So if anyone wants to pray for us, um, but he's having a lot more dreams lately. And one of the ones he had lately, just, just, it's so resonated with me. Um, it was this picture of a battle. It was a battle. The enemy was coming and there was these people. And, and as he spoke, the, the picture that I got, often he will tell the dream and I'll get certain words or pictures and, and be able to kind of have a strong sense, maybe if not the whole meaning of what at least certain things mean in the dream. And he had this picture of these people who were very confident, really cool. Like they just seemed very, and in my mind, I had A-listers. A-listers, like the creme de la creme. Um, These people who were totally confident, had absolutely no fear whatsoever. They knew that the battle was coming and they were just gathering together with total confidence. There was weapons everywhere. Everyone was gathering their weapons and getting themselves into position. And I just think that this is the season that we're in. You guys, if if you want to be somebody who is prepared for the battles that are ahead of us, this is not the end. This is not the end. Masks and and isolation and rules and and wrestling through like, well, do we speak against or do we gather or do we do this or do we do that? I don't know, but I do know that this is not the end of this. I do know that the next stage is going to be the vaccination, regardless of how you feel about that, that is coming. And there are going to be people who disagree and there's going to be people who agree. And we're in for a big fat war over that one. There is going to be, what about when it becomes mandatory? What about if they push it on us? Then how do you feel about that? There are more wars coming. The freedoms that they are taking away, and and like I said, I believe in COVID, but they're using this as an opportunity to pull away freedoms and it is only going to continue. So what freedom will they take away that you're going to say, ah, that's one that I am unwilling to give up. The day is going to come when God is going to call you to battle. 
And the way that we can prepare ourselves for that and the way that we can hear God's voice to know when we're supposed to fight and when it's not our fight yet is by spending time in the word by being still and knowing. And I am preaching to myself right now because I am the queen of busy, 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 of always doing something. And it is paramount, you guys. We have to be prepared. That whole parable of the bridegroom coming and, and you know, like, and, and everybody being ready, the 10 virgins with their lamps, and, and many weren't. They weren't ready. Five, half of them were not ready. They let their lamps burn out. We are called to be ready, to be prepared. And, and the sword of the spirit, by the way, is the word of God. That means that we have to be in the word because the word has power. The word, God's word has power and authority. And when you speak that out, it is going to have so much impact because it is not your words. It's your daddy roaring behind you. This matters. And, and regardless of, of what you're supposed to do in the season, I mean, I'm wrestling with that myself. What am I supposed to do in this season? The point is, is that you're, what I'll tell you what you're supposed to do. You were supposed to draw close to God. You were supposed to draw close to God. And you probably feel it. Even now, I feel it. I feel it over me. I feel it. Draw close. An invitation. Draw close. Almost a little bit of pressure. Time is short. Draw close. Draw close because you need to be so close to me that you can hear my whisper this and hear my whisper that and hear my whisper here and hear my whisper there. You have to hear my whisper for every little divot and turn and, and, and movement that you're going to make. And there's going to be many, many, many movements. You have to be so close and so in tune with me that you can move when I move because things are beginning to move and I don't want to miss it. So here's what I take away. Here's my encouragement to myself right now, and hopefully it encourages someone else. There are many good things. There are many good things, but, but it doesn't mean that it is always the thing for you in this season for such a time as this. I've had so many examples of that in my business. Even there's been this so many, I have so many ideas. My idea of a magazine devotional, it's a great idea. It is a good thing. It would have impact. God would use it. I know that. I know that it doesn't mean that it is the wrong thing. It means it's the wrong time. I have not been released to do that for such a time as this. One day I get to talk about kingdom business. One day I get to share the testimony of what God has done in our business. I give you guys the tip of the iceberg. One day I will get to share and I just am so hungry for it. I would drop everything I'm doing in a heartbeat to do that. I want to talk about Holy Spirit in every aspect of our life where God invades our life and where we live surrendered and in step with the spirit. That's what I want to do. And one day he's going to release me to do that. But for now, he is saying, this is what I'm supposed to do. I wanted to do a math curriculum so badly because quite frankly, mainly, I just don't want to do math with my kids and I don't do math with my kids. And I feel like God said, no, no at least not now. Now, I don't know. I'm going to bring it up with again at each and every year because I don't know when that's going to change, but I do know that there are many good things, but we are responsible to find the right thing. You can go and you can run in the hamster wheel, but, but if you could find that one thing that is just that, that kingdom minded thing, it can have more impact than weeks and months and even years of your life of running and doing all of the good things. There have been moments, now I've, I've said before, I said this last week, my cry of my heart last week was, I'm pretty much neglecting my children. And by the way, not all the time, but I, I definitely feel like I am, I, I wish I could be more. 
I wish I could do more. And so I've been struggling and wrestling with that. And yet there's these moments and, and it's, it's God is so gracious. He is so good because it's not even because I'm like, I'm like stopping and praying and I'm like, God, is this a moment? It's just a moment and it just happens. And I just choose to walk into those and I'm looking for them. And so there was this moment with, with my kids where I knew that this conversation that I was, was enveloping that I knew that this mattered. I just knew that this mattered. There was a conversation that I had with one of my children and I knew that it was a conversation that mattered and it, it didn't begin important. It didn't begin important at all. It began very superficial, but there was just this kind of hanging around. By the way, when your kids are kind of hanging around, especially as they get older, I think that that's usually significant and means that there's something they need to talk about and you need to slow down and you need to listen to them and, and just, just being open and not pulling it out, just having conversation, being available so that they can work up the nerve or whatever to say what they need to say. And, and we had such a good conversation and we prayed together. And I just knew that this was one of those moments that is probably going to mark this child's forever. It just was one of those moments. It's, it's one of those moments. Like I remember very specific things in my childhood and this one mattered. That one mattered. And I know that God is faithful to help guide and direct me. So yeah, I might miss it over here and I'm going to trust that God is going to fill in the gaps for my children. But I know that even when I do miss it, if I'm sensitive to his spirit and if I have open and if I'm giving him permission to move in my life and surrendering to him each and every day, then he is going to show me those moments, those strategic moments where instead of running on the hamster wheel, trying and failing, he's going to help me connect there and do this one thing that matters and be so strategic with my time that I don't waste a second of it. I may not be a conspiracy theorist, but even back with, with the early church, they lived as if the end was coming now. They believed that the end was near. They believed Jesus was coming back like tomorrow. That's what they lived in, that expectation. Because it's been so long, it's so easy for us to think, well, that's because that's what they thought in that moment because he had just been there. But we think, well, it's been 2,000 years. It could be another 2,000 years. I believe this. I believe that the end is near. I believe that we are in the end times. I don't know where in the end times. I don't claim to understand all of revelations, but I do believe that we are in the end times. And I think that, that time is short, you guys. And regardless of if time is short as far as humanity, time is short as far as you and I, we have a limited amount of time on this earth. I don't want to waste my time spinning my wheels so I encourage you, if you're wrestling, do I, do I speak out or do I um, rise up or do I push back or, or do I stay silent or do we, do we do this or do we do that or are we going to be like the early church or what, what is this supposed to look like? I encourage you to go to God, not to anybody else. One pastor is going to tell you this. Another pastor is going to tell you that. Everybody has different opinions and viewpoints and the only opinion and viewpoint that matters is God's. So going to him and saying, God, what is the thing for me? What matters for me? What's the timing for me? And inviting him and seeking him and keeping your eyes on him continuously every single day. The other thing that we are commanded as Christians to do, I don't think all Christians are called to fight. I don't think all Christians are called to, to never fight and to never speak, but we are all called to walk with no fear. We are all called to walk with no hatred in our hearts. We are called to that. And I have seen the Christian community and I think it's, it's tragic. I've seen the Christian community bound with fear. 
fear of the government, fear of public health authorities, fear of being shut down, or fear of themselves getting this and fear of dying and fear of this pandemic. I have seen fear infiltrate the church and it saddens me because it's wrong. It is wrong. Fear does not come from God. We are called to walk in victory. We could go tomorrow and it's a-okay because we know where we're going. We do not have to be afraid. We are not supposed to be afraid. We are supposed to be walking in the victory that we have no matter how bad the world gets all around us. We are called to walk in victory. We are also called not to walk in hatred. That is not an emotion, a feeling, bitterness, and rage is not supposed to be in us. Now, anger, I'm not talking about anger. Jesus got angry. There is a righteous anger and there are times for anger, but I'm talking that bitterness, that hatred, and it takes root in your heart and it's going to make you sick. I believe that actually bitterness and hatred actually truly does make you sick. And there is even scientific evidence for that. Stress, hatred, all of these things, they actually change your anatomy. They actually make you sick. I believe cancer roots itself to that. I'm not saying everyone who has cancer is bitter and angry, but I just believe that it has the ability to make you sick. Stress has the ability to give you a stomach ulcer. Like there is a, a connection between the physical and the spiritual. There is a connection between our soul and our spirit. And so I do believe that I've seen too, some of the people in the Christian church, they're so angry and there is a righteous anger. There is a righteous anger. There's things that are happening right now that are unjust, but we have to constantly bring that to God and make sure we are questioning, is this you, God? Is this a righteous anger or am I turning into hatred? of this authority or hatred of this law or hatred of, of these people who are making these decisions, we have to be careful as Christians. We are called to walk in peace, knowing that the battle has been won in joy, joy that doesn't even make sense. Right now, it is easy to not feel joyful. It is easy to feel fearful and anxious and stressed or even fatalistic. I'm the queen of fatalistic. I'm like, God, just take us now. <laughs> Clearly, I mean, we have digressed a lot. Like, I just feel like this would be a fantastic time. Just just wrap it up. You know, like this has got to be the closing curtain. Um, I'm a total fatalist. And the idea of walking into this mountain of like trying to navigate when to speak and when to fight, and like, it's, it's exhausting, quite frankly. <laughs> so we have to be careful. All I'm saying is that we are called to account as people who follow and serve the living God the ultimate ruler and authority of this world. We are called to walk in love and in peace and in joy. And that doesn't mean never speaking. And I mean, Jesus said, I can't, Jesus said, I came to bring the sword to divide. It doesn't mean that we don't speak. It doesn't mean we don't stand for truth. It doesn't mean that we don't fight. It means that we are not going to walk in fear and we're not going to walk in hatred. Test your heart. And if you can't test your heart, ask God to test your heart and to show you, and he will be faithful to do that. So I just encourage you guys, I, again, like I said, I, I don't even know for now I'm wrestling with, do I speak? Do I, I share my opinion? Do I, especially for Canadians, like I said, there's a lot of apathy here in Canada. And I think that there's a lot of people pushing back and it's easy when there's more people around you pushing back to feel like you can just get on board with those people. But I think in Canada, there's very few. There are very few people who are rising up and are speaking out. And if I do speak out, I'm not talking about like going against everything. I, I go, let's, let's do all the things you tell us to do, but I have a right to speak. I have a right to my opinion. 
And I have a right to be able to voice my opinion. And with our current social media and with our current government and with our current um, political climate and, and the judgment that you're going to face, if you open your mouth and speak, the price is high. It is. And there are a lot of people unwilling to pay that price. And I, I am willing I am willing and able to pay whatever price it takes because I think that that this battle is worth being able to speak freedom to speech that that is worth fighting for freedom to be able to speak about God. I, I spoke about God in just my post for Christmas when I posted it and I did an ad and somebody reported it. And not only was my ad taken down, but my entire advertiser account was deleted saying that I was hate speech or whatever else, because I was talking about God. Now, randomly, they said I couldn't even appeal it. There was no options for me. It was shut down forever. Like that was it. One strike and you're out. Um, randomly, I was about to do a big post about it and fight. I was going to speak and I waited on it and I prayed about it and it just ran randomly came back online. But I I think that the time is coming when when we won't be able to speak at all on any sort of social media platform or presence. And I, I just think that's worth fighting for, you guys. And so again, I'm not talking about anything violent or or against or anything. I'm talking about being able to speak about what I think is true and what I think is right in our Christian responsibility or being able to even talk about God without having that shut down. There is a lot more happening right now than just what you're seeing, than just even COVID-19. Our freedoms are at risk and that's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. So I am unsettled. And the last time I was unsettled, Gather Round was born. (laughs) So I don't know what's going to happen in this next stage. I'm unsettled. At this point, I I am praying and asking God, is this my fight? Is this my fight? It could be. <laughs> I could speak against, against like Heidi St. John. I could do that. I could speak about our freedoms, about the bills that are getting passed, things that are getting slipped by. Though I could do all of those things, but I don't know if that's my fight. I don't know if it's not, but I don't know if it's my fight. I have so many other battles right now that I'm, I'm wrestling. I'm unsettled. I'm frustrated. And that's not a bad place to be in. It's a place where God is, is usually it means that, especially when it's kind of a holy discontent, it means that God is about to break through in some area, that you're going to about to break through into a new region or a new calling or, so I don't know, for me, it might just be, God might just say, no, you're going to continue with what you're doing. But for you, it might be something very different. So if you're feeling that kind of holy discontent, then don't, don't talk with your friends and ramp it up and get angry and, and don't, you know, go look on social media and get depressed and get fear fearful, go to him, go to him and ask him, what am I supposed to do? What is my response to this? Where am I supposed to follow? And where am I supposed to, to, to say, no, this line has been crossed. What is my line? What is your line, God? And asking him and seeking him and praying about it and beginning to prepare yourself and fill your lamp and prepare yourself for battle because it is coming. And I think a lot of us are going to be blindsided by it because we're so distracted by all the things that are happening and going on. So that's my call to myself. That's my call to my children. And that is my call to you guys or anyone who might be listening and is just just wrestling with what to do next. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for the opportunity to speak freely. We thank you that um, you gave us our mouths and that we can use our mouths to glorify and honor you with even the way that we speak, Father. I pray that you would raise up an army. I pray you would raise up an army of, of believers who follow you unabashedly, 
who follow you with boldness, who follow you confidently, Father, and who follow you into leadership of whatever you have for us. And maybe this isn't our battle. Maybe our battle is still yet to come. And maybe we're spinning our wheels trying to fight one when you're saying, wait, there's another one. And this is the big one. This is the one that you're called to fight. I pray you would draw us into intimacy with you. I pray that you would teach us how to hear your voice. I pray that you would remind us to spend time with you. I pray for a holy hunger for your word. That doesn't even come from us. Some of us are just kind of disillusioned. We're tired. We don't really feel like it, Father. I pray that there would be a hunger and an excitement again, that you would just revitalize the fire within us for your word and for just time spent with you. And I pray not just for us, but for our children. Raise up our children. Prepare our children. Prepare the next generation for what is coming, that they may be mighty used by you in such a time as this, no matter how old they are. I pray this wouldn't even be something that happens when they are 20 and 30 and have come officially to the age when they're going to be respected. I pray it would happen while they are yet young. I pray that while they are yet young, they would begin to speak with authority, that they would skip through all the wasted years that so many of us experienced and instead choose to ground themselves now when they're five, when they're seven, when they're 12, when they're 13. I pray that you would raise up a gen generation who is passionately on fire for you, who is confident and grounded in you, who has a strong foundation in you. God, I pray that just like you say in Joel, in the last days, my my young men are going to dream dreams and have visions and women are going to prophesy and whatever that verse is, God, I pray that you are going to raise up a generation of in both us and in our children that is going to be able to move powerfully into whatever you have us, in the battles you have for us, in the leadership you have for us, God. Just open our eyes, open our ears so we can hear you and follow you every step of the way in our families and in this current culture and what you've called us and how we are supposed to stand for truth and for what you have. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. All right, I don't know what next week is going to bring. Otherwise, I'd tell you, but it's kind of one of these last minute. I sat here, I have like three notes on a piece of paper, and I was like, God, it usually ends up being whatever's just on my heart. So anyways, today, this is on my heart. And so hopefully it was encouraging to some of you, and maybe some of you hate me now, and that's okay. There's there's a few. There's a few. You can just join that camp. Um, but I hope you guys have an amazing week. And that God just blesses you above and beyond and his favor and his hand is on you. All right. Talk to you guys soon.